Thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters. Going to kind of be our gardening section. I try to do at least one quarter of the show. Again, it started out over 20 years ago as a gardening show, and still is, especially in the spring and earlier in the fall. And I still, we're going to talk about it every week. But I have found out that the same people that really, really want to make that effort to go organic, to go natural, to stay away from the chemistries, are also interested in the changing climate, interested in what's going on with our waters, interested in how we can make our living uh, and, of course, take better care of the world we live in and hopefully make it a little healthier for not only us and our kids and our grandkids, but the environment. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about using wood ash in your compost pile or even in your garden. I've not talked about this a lot because I've spent the last 20 years basically living where we already are extremely high in potassium on a lot of our soils and certainly because our pH is on the alkali side, we're just, it works pretty well. But that doesn't mean you can't improve your compost pile even more. Wood ash is a valuable source of plant nutrients, which makes it, of course, very useful in your garden. It's high in potassium, which encourages flowering and fruiting in a lot of plants, and also contains phosphorus and a variety of other micronutrients, including, but not only, manganese, iron, zinc, and calcium. Ash from hardwoods such as oak contain more nutrients than ashes from softwoods such as pine. You can also use ash from lump wood charcoal, but be careful and avoid using the ash from coal or treated timber as they may harm your soil and your plants. And I might add right here without kicking, picking on a bunch of charcoal companies, King Charcoal for one, a number of these charcoals have a bunch of coal in them, chemicals in them. Don't use the ones that have already got instant lighter fluid in them, not even just for your garden. You shouldn't even be eating from them. So do if you're going to use lump, lump wood charcoal, do it. Make sure it's totally all natural. Adding wood ash to your compost heap helps to reduce the acidity of the compost a little bit. It's not too much. It's not too much of a problem, even if you've already got a pretty neutral soil, making it perfect for mulching around most of your vegetables. It also creates better conditions for the worm and the whole microbiome that your garden actually depends on. Just add a few handfuls or as much as a shovel full of wood ash to your compost. Uh, actually, it's better to add a little more often than try to add too much at any one time. So add it in very thin layers, give it some time, but it, it is definitely an asset. If you're one of the organic, quote, gardeners that loves to make their own compost, what about just adding wood ash to your soil? If you haven't done it, test your soil. If you don't already know what your pH is, wood ash is alkaline eh, a little bit. So the most vegetables actually like soil on about eh, 6.5 to 7.0 or neutral. If your soil is below six and a half, wood ash can really help increase that pH, especially in your vegetable garden area. As a general rule, I always tell people to apply about two ounces. That's not a lot, folks. Two ounces of ashes for every square yard of the area you're going to plant your vegetables in. Scatter it over the surface. Eh, it's best to do it when it's not windy. It's pretty light stuff. I wear my gloves to protect my hands, and of course, I just rake and fork, just scratch it in. It doesn't have to be deep into your soil. Wood ash is 
especially good to improve your soil for brassicas such as cabbage and Brussels sprouts that they prefer a slightly more alkaline soil anyway. You can add it to the soil the winter before is I think the best idea and planting or spread it around the plants that are currently growing if they're there that's okay but I like to put mine in in, in, in early to late winter and give it time to kind of settle. But ash is beneficial used around fruit bushes, including currants and gooseberries and such, if you're in an area where you can grow that, and fruiting vegetables such as tomatoes, due to its high potassium content. Come on, it's wood ash, it's potassium. It helps improve fruiting, it helps disease resistance and hardiness of the plant in general by helping wood to ripen faster, in other words, the mature part of the plant. Don't let your wood ash come in contact with your seedlings, not a good idea, and avoid using it around really acid-loving plants such as blueberries. Just skip that part of the garden if you're where you, most of the time I've lived where I couldn't grow blueberries anyway. And in general, it shouldn't be used on soil where you're gonna grow potatoes. As alkaline soil, if it gets even a little bit too high, can encourage a thing called potato scab. You would need to add a huge amount of wood ash to make your soil really be too alkali though in the most, a little goes a long way, but it's not, it's not that dangerous to use. But do, if, if I were you, I, they're, they're accurate enough, go buy those little tests. I, I, I have one at all times to test your soil pH. Uh, I try to do it once or in the fall and in the spring, and just to make sure you're not getting above, oh, about seven and a half. The newer tests you could buy are pretty inexpensive and they're actually more accurate than they used to be once you get kind of used to doing them on a, a regular basis. For best results, I recommend wood ashes be kept dry, so that's so the nutrients don't kind of wash out, leach out. Uh, personally, I use an old five gallon bucket. You can buy them for two and a half bucks at most any of the, the what I call big box stores. Do invest in a good top, one that's actually fit for that, that container, and you're gonna have, unless you're doing one heck of a garden, all the wood ash you need is if you're burning good hardwood in your fireplace, you know the source of the hardwood, you know it hasn't been poisoned, it is an excellent source, and a big five-gallon bucket of it, believe me, goes a long way for the average home gardener. Just as an aside, because I've kind of been in the gardening business organically for over 20, well, over 30 years, and the show's been on for 20. If you are gonna use ashes and you are in an area like I was in Central Texas where the pH is almost even where you want it, about 7.0, or, or uh, you're a little bit worried if you put ash in that it's gonna go a little high, I'll give you a free recommendation that really works inexpensively and actually is an asset to the entire compost pile and if you want to even use it in your garden. That is to go buy some good organic molasses, spend the extra buck or two. The Braggs Company, B-R-A-G-G-S, makes it, but there's a number of other good, good organic molasses outlets. And use the water that you're going to water your ashes in with with a couple to a gallon, a tablespoon or two of molasses, that's not very much now, but it's all you need, in your water source. Molasses run from about five to five and a half, depending on whether it's blackstrap or if it's been refined, but it's, uh, it's exactly about as acid as ashes are alkali over and below that 7.0 that's sort of a magic number for most of your vegetables. So, 
That's what you make. That, that is a source of great micronutrients. It really stimulates the living bacteria and microbiomes that are in your soil. So it's another win-win. It's just another thing that should be a common part of you using in in your compost pile and a mixture in your garden, especially if you're putting your garden to bed in the winter or waking it back up in the springtime. Uh, it's, it's just regular molasses. You don't have to go buy anything special. And, and they kind of, if I have to give you a magic number, they kind of counterbalance each other in, in almost the perfect way. What a really different subject. I hope you appreciated that. I, it, it's just uh, another asset that most of us come across or have, and that's wood ashes if we barbecue outside, if we just burn the local wood we have on our property. And, and there's a kind of a, pardon the pun, a re-enlightenment of fireplaces in a number of places. It, it, if you do it right, it's not overly polluting because you're taking wood that's already been going to, I want to use the word, be destroyed, burned, or put away anyway. And so think about that. And there's, when you're through with that, you repurpose that wood again. It's called wood ashes. And uh, you've improved the garden, eliminated a little bit of waste that might have gone to the landfill in many parts of this country, and done your, your uh, environment a little bit of good. One other thing I want to bring up that has nothing to do with this, but has everything to do with gardening. I just bought, and it's the third one I, I have owned, I literally wore two out, a thing, there's a couple of names for them. One's called a stirrup hoe or a scuffle hoe. Please look them up. I'm working on a garden that has been neglected. My kids have been overseas a few years. And all I really want to do is just clean the weeds out ground level. I am not a guy that tills or plows much or anything. But I haven't found an easier to use, at least upright, there's some of these weed weed knives that are pretty good, but this scuffle it cuts and pushing and pulling. Uh, I I like the word stirrup because it looks just like a a place you put your foot through. It looks like a stirrup. The good ones are a little bit more expensive. I did own the second one I bought was like half the price of normal, 19 bucks or something, which sounds like a fair amount. But the blade wasn't sharpening. It was just a pressed blade. Uh, it didn't it didn't swivel back and forth as well and it got sort of worn out and maybe one good season but if you get uh, I think the best ones come out of Sweden or somewhere over that direction but you go to a good good shop that knows what you're looking for and and spend that extra 20 or 30 percent and it'll last you probably as long as you're going to be gardening unless you're way younger than I am and it is a really really nice piece of equipment for everyday use in and around your garden. One other garden hint, my daughter is still thinking, well, she wants a potting area and a table, and that is a good idea. But a friend of mine from many years ago, can't believe I didn't think of it before him, but I didn't, he looks for used mailboxes. The great big ones are even fine, but if you have a small garden, you don't necessarily need it. He actually mounts a mailbox, which I have now done two times in my life, right at the gate entrance to the garden. Now, where I garden, there's so many deer that we basically have enclosed, built-up gardens. You don't have to have them, but most people at least fence off their garden area. Well, just find yourself a, a mailbox that has been abused, used, thrown away for another one. They've moved away, and you ask, ask them to get it. And 
if you want, which is the smart thing to do that I always forget after I think I ought to do it, uh, you can put your pencil and paper in there. It's going to stay dry and you can draw your, your little pattern of what you've done this particular time of year. So you remember which tomato you put where. You can have your trials and all your what I call hand tools uh, right there within, not even within reach. It's so convenient you won't forget it. And so you've put all your stuff in there. I even put my nozzles in there for my hoses because I change them around. Sometimes I use automatic low water or sometimes I actually hand water. But that one mailbox, I happen to have a medium size. It's not great big, but it's not the little tiny one. Is as good an asset set as you can come across. I guess it even justify buying a new one. I don't know about that, but boy, if you can find one, it will save you a lot of steps. And more importantly that, it will remember for you, if you remember to write it down and stick it in there, exactly what you've planted, when, where, and how. So that's another little gardening tip for this week on Organic Matters.